Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome back to another Breakdown bonus episode. We're talking about trauma bonds today with Tatiana Melendez, LCSW. Thanks for joining the gang. Thank you for having me. So this was a pretty intense episode. We dove deep into this relationship where this woman was in a, a relationship with a guy and it sounded horrible. I was like, girl, how, what was going on? Like, why could you not get out of this relationship? Why were you staying? And she said, you know, it was a trauma bond. And as somebody who's mm-hmm. No, like license or any background in mental health. I'm like, what does that really mean for someone who doesn't understand it? So I'm glad you're here to help us dive deeper into the topic. Can you just kind of give like a broad definition for what a trauma bond is to people who have never heard the term before? So what I can say to you is that um, trauma bond, you would also hear other terms. People throw it around, throw around things like traumatic bond, or you may hear uh, betrayal bond. And it's a really complex psychological phenomenon. When I tell you that it can show up and look different, depending on like who is actually experiencing the trauma bond, but really just look at it as a need for attachment and security. Um, a lot of abusers, when it shows up in ways where, you know, this person may be trying to obtain a certain power over a person. And a lot of times they will convince you that you can't live without them, okay? And, or they are the best thing that has ever happened to you. And when you are struggling and dealing with a person who can be manipulative, you really start to believe that this is what is really real. And so you will see that these bonds show up in different types of relationships. A lot of people may think that um, you only can experience this type of relationship when it's romantic, and that's not true. You can experience the same type of uh, bond with a family member, you know, so it's good to make sure that, you know, let's say, hey, it's not only limited to a romantic relationship. Okay. And so I tell a lot of clients, you know, it's really a strong emotional connection that develops between your abuser and, and the victim. And a lot of times, it's really hard to break. So when you mentioned this person that you were speaking to, it is very powerful. Even if the behaviors that are showing up is harmful, we stay, we experience it. And at some point we make it okay. You know, so um, there's a lot of things that show up, you know, there's a lot of characteristics and I think it's important to shed some light on that. And I'm not sure if that's something you're interested in me maybe speaking on, but I think it's good for people to see like, hey, what does this actually look like? Because we can be in a situation, but guess what? We're thinking, oh, this is just normal. He loves me. She loves me. I'm glad that we're moving into that because it was something that we were really fleshing out was how it looked in that relationship. And the main thing that she kept bringing up, there were two things she kept saying. The first thing was that she said that she struggled with a lot of self-esteem issues and she even had some diagnosed eating disorders and some autoimmune disorders. And she had this belief within herself that she was kind of messed up. 
And she was like, well, I should also be with somebody else who is as equally messed up. I don't want to be with somebody who is, you know, healthy and healed, quote unquote, and affect their life in any kind of negative way. But she also said that she felt like because of of all the issues that she was going through, it sounded to her from her perspective that he enjoyed bringing her down and pushing her self-esteem into low places, but then building her back. Can you affirm that? But also, can you talk? about how trauma bonds can also look in relationships in other situations? Yes, absolutely. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned this person explaining how this person would either, a lot of times it's manipulation. Okay. That's, it's clear. There's a lot of manipulation that takes place. It's emotional manipulation. So there's a lot of manipulation tactics such as um, gaslighting. That's a big one. Okay. And Usually when a person gaslights you, they are making you or are causing you to doubt anything that you believe is real. And they will question it. They will blame. They will get guilt trip you. Get, I'm sorry, guilt trip you. And they do this to keep you confused. And when you're confused, you become even more dependent on this person. Okay. And so there's oftentimes too in these relationships, and I'm sure this person probably experienced a lot of shared experiences with this person. So when you say, Hey, maybe if we're both messed up, Mm. Oh, that's a shared experience. We're going to go through this intense experience together. We're going to navigate it, even if it means it's harmful, but we're going to create this bond between us and no one else really understands us. This is our experience. And so then the the person becomes dependent. And when you're dependent, it also creates this uh, space for fear. So once a person develops fear of being abandoned or rejected by their abuser, guess what? This leads to more dependence uh, on the relationship. And then the person starts to look for validation and security. You know, so there's so many different things that can show up or uh, trauma bonding can manifest in so many different ways. I will tell you, it's very complex. It's a confusing dynamic. And so it may not look the same in every situation. So a few things that I I think it's important to uh, pinpoint, there's the cycle of intense emotion. This is a very, very big one. There's a lot of highs and lows in the relationship. A lot of times these moments are um, affection. There's um, positive connection that is usually followed by, of course, manipulation, some form of abuse. You will start to see emotional abuse that then turns into physical abuse. And the next thing you know, it may even be some financial abuse. Let's just say this person is maybe have money or have, you know, real estate that they obtain from, you know, maybe an uh, inheritance. Oh, this person will then eventually take over all of that. Okay, and so the victim usually becomes very dependent on this person. And guess what? This the victim ends up even isolating, not seeing family or friends or not even reaching out to their support system. And so there are certain boundaries that come up, which is also an issue. When I tell you there's so many different ways that you can experience trauma bonding, the blur boundaries is a big issue. Once you become a victim, you become unclear on what boundaries even are because an abuser would then invade the personal space of a victim. They may read their messages. They may tell them they can't go somewhere. They can't do anything. 
right? And so even if this person, the victim does decide to talk to their parents and say, oh my God, this is happening, the victim will start to even justify or even rationalize that, you know what? He loves me. He didn't mean it. That's that's not really the way it is. And then the victim will then start to blame themselves for the abuser's actions and their shortcomings. Like where you see, then you ask yourself, like, how does is how does this even make any sense? So then you have the guilt and shame. You have also the need to try to fix a situation. That's a big one. A victim will always try to fix the abuser by believing that they love them. Well, they're here to support me. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to create positive change. One thing I can tell you, most victims, and I am guilty of this, you end up in a situation where there's a sense of identity that is lost. You wake up and your true self becomes diluted. You become entwined with this abuser. You start to you know, struggle with trying to distinguish your own wants and needs from the abuser. Because now you're just this person who's fearing abandonment and you are doing any and everything you can to please this person, to receive the validation that you've probably been seeking, maybe from your childhood experiences. Would you say there's a, a, a type of person with a specific attachment style or maybe an experience that they had growing up that would be more prone to get in a relationship where a trauma bond could form? Like maybe someone that, with a, an avoidant attachment style or maybe someone who already experienced abuse in their childhood, would they be more prone to ending up in this type of situation? Oh yeah, absolutely. You will find that I mean, there's several, you know, different attachment styles. I think it's good to know, you know, what some of those even look like. So you have um, anxious attachment style. And these are people who are very anxious, obviously, <laughs> you know, and, and these clients, I find that they are often seeking validation. You know, they're seeking closeness. They're uh, seeking reassurance from, you know, maybe family members or their partners. And so, of course, they are more susceptible to to trauma bonding and they are the they are the ones who would also be more tolerant of certain uh unhealthy behaviors you have um disorganized attachment and these are just people they're just kind of all over the place they haven't really addressed any of their trauma from their past a lot of unresolved issues so of course if things weren't addressed when they were in their early childhood experience or when they experienced their early childhood experiences or, um, you know, during their formative years when, you know, they didn't address issues, they usually end up being adults that are just very disorganized. And when I tell you they would tolerate the most abuse and it creates more confusion and difficulty with knowing how to form healthy, you know, our boundaries or relationships. And then you have um, avoidant attachment style. And a lot of times you will find that these people are very, self-sufficient, they're very independent. However, they can still end up experiencing, um, you know, trauma bonds with people they may come in contact with because they're looking for love as well, you know? However, they may be avoiding it because that's just their attachment style. You will find that those who have a more secure attachment style may not uh, be the people pleasing person. They may not be the person who's looking for validation. They're not the person who's looking for reassurance from their partners because they're so secure in themselves. They're they're confident. They're not lacking the self-esteem, you know, um, 
that the other attachment styles. So you will find that um, more anxious, of course, and disorganized attachment styles are, they're usually predisposed, you know, to, to certain things, um, rather it be drug addicted parents, maybe it, maybe it's abuse, maybe it's rejection, maybe it's bullying. There's different things that may contribute to, uh, people's early childhood experiences where they don't learn how to actually bond with people or build healthy relationships. So I think it's good to make sure that first, you know, be aware increasing or developing self-awareness, the emotional intelligence, I think is very important. Um, because if clients or people are not able to recognize this, they won't avoid falling and fall, falling into these, you know, trauma bonds. So if I'm somebody who's listening to this and maybe I've recognized that, okay, my relationship's not super healthy, but they're not sure if maybe they form some kind of trauma bond with their partner. Is there a question they could ask themselves that might help them start the journey of, of think of figuring out how to either get out of this relationship or break the cycle of the abuse? I will tell you this. It is not an easy process. It's not something that you know, you go to sleep and you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm out of this this trauma bond. You know, it's very, very challenging. It can be frustrating. I mean, you have to think, you know, usually when you develop a trauma bond, it's from early childhood experiences. And so we're constantly pulling from our library of resources, you know, and so what we know and what we were taught early on is what we know when we, we become adults. And, and if we haven't addressed it through therapy, um, it's there and it shows up and it's it's ugly, you know, so I, I tell people all the time, it's important to be open to certain steps to break the cycle. And I think the first thing a person has to do is be able to recognize the unhealthy patterns of, of trauma bonding. And um, a lot of times people are in denial. You know, someone can say, well, this person, the way he's treating you is not okay. And they're like, no, it, you know, they they deny it or they're ashamed, you know, so recognizing, you know, what is actually happening, what's contributing to the trauma bond is is first and foremost important to to consider. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. Um, education. I tell people all the time, psychoeducation. I try to get my clients in a session and before I even tell them, Hey, this is trauma bonding. I don't do that. What I do is, Hmm, let's look at some different options. Let's define it. What does this look like? What are abusive relationships? 
Have you ever experienced any healthy dynamics? What did that look like? Let's compare it, you know? And so when you're able to do that, you're actually teaching them what they need to know versus trying to tell them this is what is what it is. And so when they look at me, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm here to guide and support you. But I would like to address some of the underlying issues and let's start developing coping strategies. Do you know sometimes they actually don't label it until I'm like maybe 10 sessions in? Because for me, I'm like, what can I do to first educate clients on what is actually taking place with without telling them, hey, you're, you know, you're experiencing trauma bonding. You're experiencing Stockholm syndrome. You're experiencing the first thing a client is going to say is no. So as I'm working with clients, I'm like, hey, let's identify how you can set up some better boundaries. Mm-hmm. Let's look at maybe limiting contact, setting limits on certain behaviors. Let's look at maybe communicating needs. How about let's practice some self-care? <laughs> you know what I mean? So when you're able to do that and challenge also a client's negative beliefs, help them realize that, hey, this self-blame has only developed due to your trauma bond. Let's let's no longer take responsibility for your abuser's actions. How about let's try to detach a little bit. So whatever I can do to help my clients gradually detach from an abuser, that is when they're able to step back, look at the situation through a different lens and say, wow, I didn't realize the negative aspects of my life. Wait a minute, I didn't realize that I developed a dependency. Wow, okay, I am lacking the self-esteem. I am lacking the confidence. And then that is when I'm able to get clients to engage in activities that promote more independence and help them regain a sense of self. Hmm. So I I would always recommend clients seek professional help, please. Well, I know that's so, I mean, it's got to be so hard. I mean, first you're in this challenging and I'm sure I would consider from what I have heard, miserable relationship. And then you take that big step into going into therapy. What do you find with clients? Like when they're dealing with this type of situation and this type of trauma bond, what do you think is the biggest challenge that they typically face in therapy? I would say the cognitive restructuring, doing what's needed to challenge certain distorted beliefs, um, helping them reframe their thought process. Um, A lot of times their thought process is what keeps them stuck in this trauma bond. And so you have to be able to help them see that what they're they're in without telling them like you're in this. Because when you try to just directly tell a client that this is what it is, they may not believe it. Because they've been living this way for 20 years. They've been living this way maybe for 30 years. I mean, I have clients that are 50, 60, and they don't see it. So working with them and trying to help them restructure healthier thinking and decision-making sometimes is the hardest part. Um, Sometimes even looking back at exploring maybe past trauma, you know, I tell everyone, we all have past trauma. Clients come to my sessions and they're like, I don't have any trauma. (laughs) Okay. And I'm like, 
Are you sure? And I think some people only look at, oh, trauma is when you've been molested. Trauma is only when someone's abused you. No, that's not the case. So I have to help them identify what trauma is. And when they're explaining it to me, like, oh my, I didn't know that was actually trauma. Well, yes, because of your past trauma and we haven't addressed it or you haven't addressed it in your past, you don't realize the impact of your past experiences on your current relationship. And the only way that we're able, we're only, the only way we're able to actually move forward for your own healing and growth is to accept that you do have trauma. And so again, it's, the, it's reconstructing, you know, the cognition, which is, is not easy to do. And it takes some time, but in the course, before you even do that, you have to explore past trauma. I specialize in, in trauma and I love, 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 love addressing trauma, but it, it takes work and you have to be ready for it. And a lot of clients are not ready for the work to be done. They show up and think that as therapists, we can fix them overnight and, and we can't. And I tell them like, Hey, if you really want to be on this journey, you have to commit. I tell clients that commitment is so important, uh, for, for any type of healing. I love that you love addressing trauma. And as just a curious person, I have to know, like, what is it about trauma that you find very find fascinating to work with, with clients? Well, I want to tell you, I've experienced my own great deal of, of trauma. And I just believe that if it's not addressed, I just don't see how you are able to actually move forward. And I mean, there's trauma that can happen even in your adulthood. And if you do not address it, it's it's just hard to really do what's needed to be vulnerable, to be open, to trust the process, you know, to um, not get caught up in the ego response. Because I would tell you, that is my thing. I would get caught up in the ego response. I'm quick to be defensive. And I'm like, it's my default. So I am still working even as a therapist every day. It can happen to all of us. I think when we're able to accept that we are human, we are frail, we are not, um, no one is exempt, you know? Um, I think sometimes people may even think like, oh, certain diagnosis, like I can, we can look at trauma bonds since we're talking about it. It's not limited to a specific gender or age or a type of relationship, it can happen to any individual. And I, I, I'm just a firm believer that everyone has some form of trauma and people can re- try to reject that or deny it if they want. But it, it's one of those things that it has to be explored. So if you've experienced, and I'll just speak on my own experience. I, I grew up with a father who um, was diagnosed with HIV when I was uh, was 12 years old. I, um, you know, so I was exposed to addiction, a father who was, even though he was a functioning addict, but still there's, there was trauma that occurred. Maybe sometimes he didn't show up to a a performance that I needed him to be at because he ended up getting high on the wrong day. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, so I've experienced, you know, uh, infidelity. I've experienced my mate having a child on me while I was pregnant. I've experienced my best friend sleeping with my friends. I've experienced anything you can possibly think of. I've experienced people taking things from me, manipulating me. Anything that you can pause, I can sit here and go down a long list. (laughs) And so for me, it's like, if I don't work through these things, I just don't see how I would actually be able to start building the self-esteem, understanding my worth. I don't know if I'll be able to process emotions correctly, if there's no safe space for me. 
if I'm worried about certain fear and guilt and anger, because a lot of this trauma can create anger. But if we don't do what's needed to emotionally process, release any of those pent up feelings so we can gain the clarity that's needed so we can identify the patterns, it won't happen, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you just won't be open to anything if you do not do a root cause analysis. And the root cause is looking back at our trauma. So if everyone can start there, I think we will be good. <laughs> I was looking for a trauma expert for this episode, and it looks like I have uh, found one with a lot of firsthand experience, which, yeah, I'm, oh, so, definitely. <laughs> which I'm so sorry to hear about. But I think, uh, and we even talked about this on our initial call where, you know, you've been through it. So you're able to walk with people hand in hand because you've been there and you're not coming from like a high and mighty place of, well, I know all the the terminology from the textbooks that I've read. You've You've been there and you've had to work through your own stuff. So what's like a piece of advice for people overcoming trauma of just like encouragement? Like, what would you tell somebody who wants to give up on their healing journey, who is in the thick of dealing with their trauma? How would you encourage them to keep going? I would encourage clients or anyone who's actually listening to know that this process is not a walk in a park. It is extremely challenging due to the strong emotional and conflicting feelings that are involved because that's the biggest thing. Once you get involved and you're like, I love this person. And we start to think that manipulation is love. We start to think that when someone guilt tripped us is love. We start to think that when someone says, oh my God, you're beautiful. But then the next day they are like, I don't want you. I'm leaving you. But we stay and we think that's love. Or when someone decides they want to call us, you know, a name, and then they come back and say they love us, and we convince ourselves that this is real. And then we get caught up in this cycle. So we must move into a space where we end that cycle. We must gain control of what it is that we want for ourselves. We need to understand that healing is important. And sometimes it's hard to walk away from, you know, relationships. But if you want to be able to, start really living and enjoy a fulfilling life that doesn't involve abuse and manipulation, it is going to require time. There's a lot of effort that a person has to put in. You have to be deliberate in your intentionality. You have to seek support. I can say to you that everyone needs to get into therapy if they are experiencing any type of trauma bond, if you're not sure, there's a lot of information online. There's tests that you can take that will say, hey, this looks like trauma bonding. Get into it. Try to gain the insight. Try to develop with what whatever coping skills that you can, even if you're afraid to reach out to some read, get a book. There are so many different podcasts or audibles that you can listen to while you're driving, okay? The goal is to be able to embark on a self-discovery and healing journey. It's important to address your individual needs and move away from people-pleasing and living for everyone else. It is time for everyone to wake up, start loving yourself, practice self-love, self-care, so you can actually live the life that you're destined to live. Well, is there anything, I mean, we covered a heck of a lot. You 
absolutely crushed it and in covering just about you nailed every question I had. But is there anything I haven't asked you or anything that you think people should know about trauma bonds that we haven't covered? I think we covered just about everything. I think you did a really great job with making sure you followed up with, you know, additional questions. Um, You know, again, I just encourage people as they see it show up um, because I've experienced a great deal of my like I said, my own experience. I just never thought even as a therapist that I could ever end up in a situation where I'm like, hmm, I understand this is complex. Okay, yes, this is interesting. But, you know, when you want to show up for a person, when you want to support a person, you want to convince that person that you are a great person. You want to be seen. You want to be validated. Who doesn't want to be seen? You know, and sometimes we just get caught up in the wrong situations and we start to view certain behaviors as love. And then when we step out of that situation, we look back and say, wow, no part of that was really love. That was just me trauma bonding. That was, oh, I established a certain relationship with this person because we did have a shared experience. Thank you so much for coming on and absolutely killing the interview. Where, if people want to get more information from you and your practice, where can they find you? I am, uh, let's see, uh, ttmcounseling.com. We're also on Instagram at ttmcounseling as well. Sweet. Well, I will link all that in the episode description, but one to make sure we also got the name out there too on the audio. But thank you for coming on. I really appreciate all the help and advice and the amazing, amazing information you gave my audience today. All right. Thank you for having me.